You're listening to The Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian-American perspective. Hello, everybody. It's Thursday, July 7th, 7-7-2016. Welcome to episode 75 of the Collabcast. Is it 75? Oh my god, we didn't, we're not partying right now. Hold on, I need to get champagne. <laughs> but you don't drink. This is a special occasion. I'm about to get lit. <laughs> my name is Marvin Yoy. Joining me is... <laughs> Hi, I'm Mindy Cho. <laughs> I'm like still not used to introducing myself. I apologize. I messed that up. I feel like because we're co-hosts, I need to, you know, share in the introductions. It can't just be me introducing you all the time. But I appreciate that. Hello. We are the hosts of the Collabcast. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, it's just Minji and myself this week. Um, I'm coming at you from Chicago. And Minji's back in LA. Finally. Hello. Back in North Hollywood. <laughs> it's been a hectic couple of weeks. Lots of traveling. Like Minji was out last week. I'm out this week. Um, this is like our fourth Skype cast in a row. Um, but we'll, we'll make it work. No How we ever get anything done is a mystery and a miracle to me. But this is, I'm saying, this is 75 episodes without skipping a week in 75 weeks. And that's you know? not even including like... The listeners didn't hear this. We just had like a half hour long conversation on Marco Polo right before recording this <laughs> when we were mic checking where where we got a little heated. But uh, yeah. Which happens often. But yeah. Welcome back to LA. Sorry I missed you. It's all good. Hope you're having fun in shy town. Is it is it nasty hot there? Are you is it it's really not humid that already? Bad. It's like mid eight <laughs> weather talk. Thanks. Thanks for bringing it up. But uh You're welcome. It's um it's mid humidity. It's it w- it's thunderstorm last night, but it's not that bad. It's like mid eighties. Um, I'm in town for the podcast movement 2016, which is a podcasters conference. Going to be here learning how to bring you a better program and uh, how to be a better podcaster. But uh, yeah, excited for Very that. Cool. So basically, next week you should be completely transformed, and this this will be like collabcast. 2.0. Next week will be the Collabcast brought to you by Squarespace. We can start making some money off this thing. Let's do it. Oh my God. <laughs> Put that in the universe. Let's manifest that. Squarespace, who else do we want? Like, let's get an insurance company. Let's get State Farm or like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know State Ge- Farm. Geico. Um, <laughs> I mean, listening to podcasts as I do, the big, uh, the big sponsors are like Blue Apron, Squarespace, um, by the it's way, like have you done Blue companies? Apron before? I feel like you would totally love that. I haven't. I want to, but I haven't. It's, uh, it's on the list. It's uh, it's on the list of things to subscribe to once I get more money. Yes. Yeah. And we will because they will sponsor us. <laughs> but uh, let's 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 just get this started because we don't we don't have a guest. Um, every week we start out the podcast with a roundtable segment talking about pop culture and Asian America stuff. I should have a better like intro for that, but I always go back to it. stuff. Yeah, what's on your mind, Minji? Um, what's on my mind is well, our show is on our on my mind. I'm really excited about it because all of our uh, announcements are coming up, and unfortunately, that was on my mind as I was finally my best friend is married, and I'm Ooh. done with all of the wedding stuff. Wee! So this How was, was your best friend's wedding? It was really good, and I. I want to share some anecdotes because it was lovely. <laughs> is your best friend, uh, what's that guy? What's the dude? Dylan uh, McDermott? Is that the guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Julia Roberts and Dylan McDermott. Yeah. Uh, Dermot, you know, no, I've never Dermot actually Dermot watched Mulroney. that movie. Dermot Mulroney. Okay. That's like the worst name. <laughs> it's very Irish. They say that Asian names are bad. Dermot Mulroney. Anyway. I'm <laughs> <laughs> such a hater. Way to call out all the Irish people out there. There are there are plenty of Irish names that are 
very easy to say. <laughs> I have Irish friends. Never watched that movie. I hear it's good though. I've seen what? the clip of like when they sing that song in the restaurant. Yes, I say a little prayer for you. Yeah. Oh my God, you're actually in Chicago where they filmed it. Really? Yeah. So watch it. <laughs> it's okay. It's a good. It's like one of the best chick flicks ever, and it's very, very relatable. <laughs> Speaking of which, we need to have like a another dating relationship podcast. I can't believe we only did that once in seventy five episodes, mm. and that was like one of our best ones, right? It was a popular one, for yeah. sure. Everyone wants to talk about. Well, that. I'm of the so, you know, not. We'll get back on your your best friend's wedding in a sec, but you know, one of the reasons I'm here also is to learn to be, be a better podcast producer because there are a couple of new ones I'm, that's been on my mind that made me want to get started one of them is minji's dating podcast oh dear god <laughs> okay minji yells well, I'm at not you gonna, every I'm month i'm not gonna do it unless there's like popular demand because i'm not gonna sit there and talk into the oh people, like, there will be pop if you would like to listen to minji's advice podcast please tweet at us at minjeezy with four e's or at marvin Yue. Why is uh, that a thing? You can <laughs> find the our Twitter handles in the show notes and let us know exactly what the demand is. <laughs> oh, God. You put me on the spot. Well, <laughs> I, have, I have had many colorful relationships, so it kind of makes sense. But <laughs> well, I love talking about it. It can be advice. It can be dating advice. It can be fitness advice. It can be, I don't know, mental wellness advice. I don't know why I'm the advisor. It's not like I'm freaking <laughs> doing particularly well i'm struggling like everyone because else is. you have a mic and that yeah. gives you power and i i talk a lot but no <laughs> i would i would love to have guests like get their opinions too just share and yeah be we're fun. brainstorming this thing right now anyways yeah. best friend's wedding back on track um did you say a was, little prayer for her i well okay one of my special gifts so it was my surprise that i didn't want to share earlier but everything executed very well um, I gifted her her first dance song by um, getting a collaboration singer to perform for her at nice. her wedding, um, which I appreciate because she trusted me. I wanted to surprise her. So I didn't. I had to discuss it with her because of the logistics. Like, can I bring in a live performer? <laughs> can I get in contact with the DJ? Things like that. So I had to let her in on that. But besides that, she didn't know the song. She didn't know who. I just said, can I please gift you your first dance? Which is a pretty big deal. Like, if you're a couple that has your song, you don't want to just, hey, yeah, like, play a random song that I have no idea. Um, That's true. How do how did you pull that off? She trusts me. I'm like, I think it's just, like, she knows my career. She's like, well, you work with musicians, and I'm a lot more musically inclined than she is. Mm. So she put that, you know... She put that faith in me. And then so Chirito Soriano, who's in the group Astrologic, right. um, she came and sang Melissa Polinar's Meant to Be. <laughs> and it was beautiful. I love how you got an Asian American artist to cover another Asian American artist. Right? Wedding. Wins all around. <laughs> and people were blown away. I just got a lot of comments after of like, oh my God, she's incredible. And I was like, duh, why do you think I invited her to my best friend's wedding? <laughs> Yeah, so that was nice. good. So you survived the whole thing. You 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 were the maid of honor, right? So I were. <laughs> I don't ever want to do it ever again. <laughs> but your friend's not like a bridezilla, right? It wasn't like a high maintenance thing, or I don't I don't not, know if you want to talk shit about your best friend right now. Well, but. no, Linda would. She knows what I would say. Um, <laughs> she she actually got this commentary from. <laughs> all the stories came out after the wedding was done because now you can like divulge secrets but basically the entire like catering staff and whoever said that they're the most detailed couple i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> so and they really really are like alan like the the groom was amazing he like made he built the cornhole thing he built the photo booth he built the he's like a carpenter extraordinaire so they did a lot of diy stuff that it was really, really awesome. And people, I don't know, everyone's so into lawn games. Are you into lawn games? Mm, not really. That's always seemed a little fancy for my taste. I didn't know it was a fancy thing. I thought it was like, why is everyone so obsessed with cornhole? Cornhole. Okay. That's a new one. I, I'm not obsessed about it. I didn't learn about it until I was in the East Coast. And that 
apparently it can't, it's come to the West Coast in the last couple couple years. But for oh. those people who don't know what cornhole is, cornhole is a game where it's kind of like shuffleboard had sex with beanbag toss <laughs> and created a new baby game. Not game for babies, but like a new game, a child game. See, shuffleboard sound—that sounds bougie as hell. That sounds very like hoity-toity, right? Cornhole to me sounds very—it comes from the like, south. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very, very like country and awesome. It was a there's another name for it too, but cornhole is the one that kind of stuck. It's a beanbag toss. But yeah, it's uh, basically you, you take turns tossing beanbags to another platform, and then uh, basically you try to. Like if you get a beanbag on the platform, it's like a point. If you get a beanbag through the hole in the middle in of the, the platform, hole. that's three points. And then basically, you don't calculate the points until the very end, so you can knock people's beanbag off the board if you're yeah. really good at throwing it. See, I was it's really more of a giant Jenga type of longing person. He did that too. See, that's the other thing. He built. He made a giant Jenga. Giant Jenga is the best. I am yeah. so good at Jenga. I am a Jenga master. It. I'm not very graceful or refined that way. Can't handle giant Jenga, but it was a huge hit. And he actually, that's what he was doing while we were at our bachelorette party. They, we saw on Instagram that he was in his garage making a giant Jenga. Nice. So they're, they're an awesome couple and everyone had a really, really good time. And I don't know, it was just really fun. I love um, weddings for the dancing and I love that. They're old Asian people, like Alan's mom and his aunties and everyone. Like, they're busting a groove, and I love that because Korean people don't dance. Like, if I get married and if people don't dance, I will throw a hissy fit. That, I think that's one area where just, I'm going to start getting salty. Just the one? Shut up. No, for real, though. Like, I, that's, like, my favorite thing. I want to get people together that I love and, like, have a good time and party, right? And if they're being lame wallflower Debbie Downers, I will get mad. I'll be like, this is my day. Okay, so here's the thing I thought about before. But okay, you know how during wedding parties there is songs you play for people who don't dance to dance? Yes. Right. Will you have those on your playlist? Because I feel like I don't like for me personally, I don't really want Shout or the Macarena. You know? <laughs> like that's like, all that's you really a need, like the the big get on the dance floor song is just play downtown funk, right? That's up. Uptown funk. Downtown funk. It's Wait, it's, downtown it's, funk. it's my new cover version. You're stupid. Downtown um, funk by um, Bruno I... Bruno Venus. <laughs> You're so stupid. Um, I don't know. I I kind of am a snob about that, and I wouldn't. <laughs> I think top 40 would be great with like classics like Michael Jackson. Like that's as far as – well, that's not even like a compromise. But I feel like that's enough to get people moving. And if that doesn't, then like you're just dead inside. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, I, I had my – so I had the song. I had my speech and I had um, my slideshow. Those are my three responsibilities on top of, you know – making sure that the bride's dress looks really good. And I'm proud to say that I nailed all three. She cried a lot. That's all I wanted. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, did you cry during your speech? Yes, I did. Mm. Shut up. Who's surprised here? No one's surprised. <laughs> of course I cried. But I held it together. And, and the, well, okay, here's that. Here's Linda. She's like, she's delegating. This is like ultra power woman, my best friend. She's like corporate negotiator, deal closer. Like, that's why I love her and I really look up to her for a lot of reasons. She's delegating during the wedding. She's, like, managing the wedding. And I'm sitting next to her and we're having so much fun. And I'm the first of the bridal party to do my speech, no pressure. Plus, I've been waiting 22 years to do this. You know, there's 22 years of anticipation. And I'm finally doing it. I've been – she and I were in the back of the Google bus on the way to the venue. She was writing her vows and I was editing my speech. Um, and right before I go up, she's like, if it takes too long, just cut it, and, like shorten it <laughs> while you're up there. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? You know what that tells me? That means she really is your best friend. Cause she, she knows you'll go long. Shut up. But long story short, I did, I had already edited it way down while 
her dad was doing his speech and whatnot, I was like, okay, this that is doesn't cool. work. You improv it anyways. You get up there and like throw the speech in the air and just kind go from of the heart. Ki- no, I really actually stuck to it because because she said that. <laughs> um, but she said that, and and I got really. I was like, all right, way to get me in my head right before I have to move everybody. But um, it turned out fine. And then I did improvise like a couple lines, but for the most part, I stuck to it. And then she cried. I win, and all was well. It's not a competition. Life is a competition. <laughs> awesome. Yay. Well, speaking of getting people moving on the dance floor, uh, we didn't have the discussion yet, but it's summer, which means it's yeah. time for the summer jams to come out again. Yeah. And I haven't really been following Top 40 Radio, so Justin the only summer Timberlake. jam I can think of is yeah, Justin Timberlake. Like, that what is are, everywhere. What are, what are the other summer jams this year? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that song is. I don't listen to enough radio. Like, I catch up on radio every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But I'm mostly listening to, you know, podcasts and, like, Hamilton in my car. Which is why you're very good at what you do. I listen to radio pretty often. I'm trying to balance it now, actually. <laughs> but, you uh, and our podcast friends have inspired me. <laughs> Maybe we're well-rounded. So, yeah. So, my summer jam has really just been Hamilton the entire this summer so far because um, I've gotten back on that for some reason. I stopped listening to it for a while. Um, Hamilton, of course, is the hit musical that's on Broadway, taking Broadway by storm, won the Tonys. Um, Many Tonys. But recently I've been on Act 2 a lot. So people who know Hamilton know that Act 1 is all about the revolution and Act 2 is all about the um, like the first few years of founding the United States. So... This is why Marvin would be the best trivia partner on the and why you are. Like I'm actually kind of cherry picker in my like literally my brain doesn't absorb all these factoids. <laughs> I remember very general themes. That's what I realized, especially talking to you. Mm. But uh, what's been your big like so summer's out sun's out you know you rolling back your convertible if you had a convertible you're you're make-believe convertible what song do you put on right now seriously it has been justin timberlake but like i remember i was i was driving somewhere i was on a long drive and then that song came on it was very early on so Mm -hmm. it hadn't become like a radio hit yet Mm. and i remember it just it was one of those songs that smack in your face you're like what is this this is the best feel good song ever can't fight the feeling can't stop the The cover song by justin timber c yes (laughs) justin timberlit timber river (laughs) um no that was that's my song i don't know what else is out there it's a very catchy song it's super catchy i mean i've heard it a billion times like everywhere and i'm still not sick of it yet which is yeah. good, which is what you want for a summer jam song because that's the song you just first thing you play in the car, sing on it's top a of your lungs. Guaranteed feel good song. And you know, you can play it at a party and everybody will be happy too. Like it was at the wedding, of course, and everyone <laughs> got moving. It got everyone really happy. Yeah. Which is what I love. I don't know what else is out there. I'm not big on Rihanna. Like Rihanna, I feel like I have about a 30% like rate with her. I don't I've heard her, her I've heard her new album's not bad. It's different because you know, she switched out her entire like crew. Okay. Um but yeah, I don't know. Like like we discussed, I'm not huge on pop music. But what about your like your your go-tos, right? Um like for me my go-to was always 90s like early 2000s like punk pop. Like if right. I just want something poppy to put in my car and like just zone out and drive to San Francisco or something like something corporate Juliana theory yeah maybe you're some alternative blink. that's yeah. why like so even with that even with our 90s taste you're we're still very different what's your like, big what's your jam song well because you're like, not gonna play boys to men to. while driving down the five or up the five right because you know you just it's kind 90s of R&B, yo like <laughs> I was listening to Nelly I was listening to um, Blackstreet, to Fabulous, to Jennifer Lopez, like from her original days. I put on some Nelly. Nelly's on my mixtape. I have this mixtape from. It's, not, it's I call it a mixtape. It's really just my like college MP3 folder, burned onto a CD. Nice. Um, and Nelly's definitely on there. Yeah, Nelly's amazing. 
Um, That's well, a good get on dance for a song if you want. Yes. Must be exactly. the money. Well, who else is there? Like Jagged Edge. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a lot of R&B music, hip hop. Yeah. I think I was just thought I was black. Well, not black. I just enjoyed <laughs> hip hop and R&B. But that's like a very Bay Area thing. That's why when I go up there, for example, when I was up there these last five days, there is a throwback station, 102.1, which our friend Fresca, or my friend Fresca, is the DJ for. And uh, she was actually a collab um, judge for Collab SF once upon a time. But anyway, um, this throwback station is freaking amazing. So if you're at all into the 90s hip-hop R&B days, it's just it's playing – Notorious B.I.G. It's playing all the things I just said, Montel Jordan, all of that, all day, every day. It's amazing. <laughs> we need to come up with some sort of like club summer jam playlist with like just some sweet Asian American tunes that people can jam to. Absolutely. No, that's what I feel like Tractivist is on that. Richie, shout out to Richie. Yeah. Um, he probably is already making one for me. Are you going to are you gonna try to be more well rounded too and listen to the radio? Mm. He's like, no, I'm good with Hamilton. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not anti-pop, um, but I don't know. I just, I feel like when I'm in the car, uh, you know what the problem is? Is because I listen to so many podcasts that the car is really the time when when I knock them all out. Mm-hmm. And so if I don't listen to my podcast in the car, then I fall behind. God forbid. <laughs> it's like my show. He- heavens to Betsy. That's me and like at TV, I'm the worst. That's why I was actually excited for summer because I wanted to take some time to actually watch a show and maybe get into Game of Thrones, which might be really dangerous. That's a lot of TV to watch. That's like That's hours. what I'm saying. I'm scared. Yeah, I've been I've been catching up on my TV actually. Um started catching up on the last season of Veep which is really good. And also, um, just finished Silicon Valley. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been hard to watch TV. There's so many other things going on right now. Yeah. Summer's hard. Media's hard. It's hard just to be like, it's hard to be both the consumer and the producer of media. A lot of people were, okay, this is where I'm just like out myself, like who I follow on uh, Snapchat. I follow Chrissy Teigen and she was interviewing her husband, John Legend. She's like, what's, she literally asked him what you asked me, like, what's your favorite summer jam? He's like, I don't listen to the radio. (laughs) I was like, oh, John Legend doesn't listen to radio. Of course he doesn't. He's busy making music. He's too busy making certified bangers. Actually, does he make bangers? He makes good, like, Love songs. I wouldn't call his songs bangers, though. Like, yeah, that is incorrect. Bangers would be like uh, Can't Fight the Feeling by Justin Timbersey. Can't Stop the Feeling. <laughs> What's Can't Fight the Feeling? What song am I thinking of? Oh. And I can't fight this yeah. feeling Yeah, Ario Speedwagon. Anymore. That's what I'm thinking about. Like Sorry, way, guys. Like, that's like 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're pervert, like constantly stuck in the... Yesteryear. Just saying. Na, 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 na. I don't know the words. Yeah, that's that's staying in the podcast. Thanks for that. Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, um, summer jam time. Actually, I want to challenge you, Marvin. I'm going to make this public and put you on blast. I want. I, I. I would. I would like you to. I'm. I'm making the effort. Not that you assigned it to me or anything. I took that upon myself. But since I'm venturing into the world of podcasts and this American life, et cetera, um, why don't you try listening to the radio? Like one one stretch of a drive. Like choose whichever one. Choose as you will. Like if you're on your way to the office or you're running an errand, like one drive, you got to listen to the radio. I always, I mean, when the drive is like 10 minutes, I listen to radio. What it's radio like though? Don't... You can't listen to like NPR. No, I listen to K Rock. Um, it's ninety percent seven. I listen. I listen to um, one hundred four point three, one hundred two point seven. Basically, whatever's on at the time. Whatever's popping. Yeah, and that's how I know about "Can't Fight the Feeling." Can't 
stop the feeling. <laughs> it's a good song. Catchy. But not apparently not memorable for titles. I can't help that it sounds like another song that I know. How do you know all the like trivia of our U.S. presidential history and you can't remember Justin Timberlake title? Maybe I'm just messing with you. Have you considered that? No. Maybe I'm used doing no, a per- try to cover comedy on this podcast. I found I found your weakness, and you can't remember your song titles. <laughs> can't be you can't have the memory of an elephant and everything. I know uh-huh. my songs. Work, 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 work. I hate you. In your face. All right, and that'll do it for this segment, our roundtable. Um, we'll be right back uh, with more from the collabcast. But first, let's talk about some collaboration updates. Yes. Hey everyone, this podcast as always is brought to you by Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in arts and entertainment. Woo! Discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents in our Asian American community. And while we got a big couple weeks coming up, um, yeah, we do. And I'm finally back on the announcement segment. Woo! Which means it's gonna be twice as long. <laughs> But uh, if you are in the Chicagoland area, the collaboration in Chicago is happening this Saturday, 1 p.m. at Lincoln Hall. Um, tickets are on sale now at the Collaboration Chicago Facebook page. Um, check out the show. It's, it's an afternoon show, so um, keep that in mind. AJ Raphael and J.R. Kino will be guest performing in addition to Dea, last year's Collaboration Chicago winner. It's going to be a great show. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll actually be attending that this weekend since I'm in town. So. Can you Snapchat that like crazy? I have to be at another wedding and I'm really sad to be missing it. <laughs> Alright, I-, I shall try. Huge JR fan. I'm a fan of everybody, but I don't think I've seen JR Kino live yet, so whoever's going, you're in for a treat. Super gels. Yeah. Uh, get your tickets now. Um, check it out. Uh, if you're in DC this Saturday, there's also a um, live spotlight series show um, this Saturday is going to be in Nova at the Epicure Cafe in Fairfax, Virginia check out some great local open mic talent and see um, it's one of their audition events to find out who the Collaboration DC finalists will be for Collaboration Star uh, so it should be a lot of fun love to the DC fam yeah. DC's also having another show the following weekend Saturday July 16th this, will be, this one will be in DC proper at the Recessions Cafe. Um, so check it out. Check out the Collaboration DC Facebook page uh, for more information on these events. Also next weekend, July 16th, 2016 is Collaboration Los Angeles. Now this is the show that Minji and I have been working on pretty much nonstop for the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Uh, we got six awesome finalists from LA. Um, guest performances by the great Paul Date. Um, Voltron. Voltron as... UCB Super Team. Um, oh my God, I'm so excited. Improv They're comedy. Um, last year's Collaboration Star winner and LA winner, Peter Chung, was always great. And of course, the always wonderful Clara C. That's actually a huge announcement which I haven't even made public. Actually, by the time we have this podcast out, people will know. Yeah. But you guys are the first ones to know. <laughs> it's a great show. It's taking place at the David Henry Point Theater, um, also home of the East West Players. Um, at 7 p.m. Tickets are on sale now if you go to collaboration.org for more information. Um, You can also check out the Collab LA Facebook page for our Facebook event uh, that has more details. So LA, come out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And um, Also, I'm hosting. Oh, I mean just hosting. Way to leave me out. Hello, I exist. kind of forgot about that. All the star power is kind of overwhelming. (laughs) Nice save. And finally, at the end of the month, July 30th, is going to be Collaboration Houston. Um, their event um, details are still TBA, but they've already set their date, and they have, um, they're going to announce their finalists soon. So um, those of you in Houston, just keep your eyes open for that. And of course, um, there's a bunch of stuff you can check out on Collaboration.org, including our video series, our Green Room series, and our uh, Coffee Break interview series, um, hosted by Minji, um, where she talks to our friends from around the, uh, the community. We share words and things. <laughs> as well as some great articles. And this podcast, you can hear this podcast in all previous episodes at collaboration.org. There's also instructions on how to subscribe. So that our voices can be in your ears all day, <laughs> every day. 
And as always, if you're interested in joining the collaboration movement, um, either through being a member of our blog, um, joining us as an intern, or joining one of our 14 member cities, our application is on collaboration.org under the Get Involved section. Um, we'd love to hear from you if you want to get involved. Um, our organization, of course, is made possible by the contributions of volunteers. Yeah. And uh, that'll do it for this edition of the collaboration update. Uh, it actually went pretty smoothly. I considering didn't the back time. on. <laughs> um, as always, if you, have, if you want to talk to us on the Collabcast, either to suggest a topic or to give us feedback, um, you can email us at podcast at collaboration.org. We always look forward to hearing from you. And with that, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to episode 75 of the Collabcast. You're listening to Minji and Marvin. Hello. Bonjour. And um, yeah. I'm really annoying today. Why? I apologize. Just, just today. I don't know. <sighs> Proceed. No, oh, no, shit. Never right. apologize for being who. Okay, I take it back. I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. This week we got a um, topic suggestion from the email. Um, as always, like you just heard on the collaboration update break, uh, if you want to suggest a topic for us to talk to, either between me and myself or with our guests, you can always send those to uh, podcast at collaboration.org. We do read them and we do bring them up. So engage. Like right now. I'm excited. So, um, this email comes from Lauren Lola, one of our editors and um, staffers, um, who listens to all of our podcast episodes. Thanks for listening, Lauren. Lauren writes... Hello, Minji Marvin, and guest of the week, which is nobody. There's no one. <laughs> this question may be a little offbeat from what I normally ask, but I strongly believe it's just as relevant for this podcast. Have any of you experienced the phenomenon of life imitating art? Have you ever seen or created something where its themes, messages, and stories have somehow slipped out into real life? I've been experiencing this a lot as of lately, as I continue to polish up my second novel. And let me tell you, it's quite eerie. I hope you'd be open to not only discussing this phenomenon, but also where you guys might have experienced this yourself. I look forward to hearing what direction you take this in. And as always, keep up the good work. Best regards, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. So yeah, um, life imitating art. It's interesting because especially in the world of sci-fi, which, you know, I, as you know, I'm a huge nerd. So I, I enjoy those stories a lot. Um, it's really interesting to see sci-fi that's been written you know, back in the 80s, 70s, and just how much they got right, how much they got wrong. But just the fact that, mm -hmm. you know, when your task was predicting what humans will do based on, you know, current trends or what you see happening in technology, that for the most part, we're pretty predictable. Apparently. Right now, all I'm thinking about is Back mm. to the Future. We're That's kind of the extent of my sci-fi-ness. <laughs> It's like a pop culture sci-fi. I mean, Back to the Future kind of got a lot of things not right, though. You know, there's no Jaws, Jaws. 8. There's no... Um, Yet. I mean, I guess there's self-tying <laughs> shoes, but that was just because that's... Yeah. <laughs> and hoverboards aren't really hoverboards. But that's what I think is really cool, because that's you're you're innovating without... No, well, it's just kind of like letting the imagination run wild, then people that's go true. ahead and make it. And there's it. no like mini pizza that you hydrate and becomes big pizza. That is very true, and that was something that I greatly looked forward to as a child. I was really excited <laughs> about that, actually, now that you bring it up. Where's the 80s cafe? You know what? I think there is one in L.A. I 80s swear cafe? to God. I mean, there's yeah. 80s theme stuff was pretty big in the last couple of years. So I'm sure there's yes. one somewhere. But that's because like fashion and trends and everything is very cyclical. Like we're back in the 90s now, clearly, with all my choker wearing. Yeah, the superior decade. Apparently. <laughs> people just can't let it go. It was that yeah. good. Um, but how, um, how have you ever experienced anything that's like life imitating art? Well... I feel like I'm an odd person to ask again. Maybe like there's a deeper theoretical concept that I'm not well versed in to know. Like I'm an actor, everything is life imitating art, and art is imitating life. That's just how I look at the world. I kind of my job, one of my jobs, because my other job is this, and I love it. Um, but yeah, my job is to kind of just observe humanity. <laughs> And see how 
it plays out and then taking that into make-believe situations like art if you will and making that believable i kind of feel like that's it's like a chicken and egg thing right is it art imitating life or life imitating art because a lot of art is taking like like you said human the human condition and putting it on stage you know adding some drama adding some you know um drama couldn't think of another word (laughs) um and you know um putting it out there you know things like house of cards or even like your favorite sitcoms like sitcoms in case you don't know stands for situational comedies and they arise from just the the situations we observe and then we embellish them we put them on screen you know misunderstandings in the root of all sitcom comedy is on misunderstanding Person A thinks this, person B thinks that, and then they don't talk to each other till the end, and then they talk to each other, and everyone's happy. Which, you know, isn't always how life works. Not always happy. But Sometimes you're, you're Ron Swanson, <laughs> and you're never really happy. Anyway, I digress. But that, to me, that's why I love Parks and Rec. I felt like it was absolutely art-imitating life and making the most hilarious satirical commentary about how stupid we are and the things that we'll get wrapped up in and the things that we get riled up about and it's just awesome i love it i won't shut up about that show but i think that's to me the best part of being an actor is to look at something from a creative standpoint uh it's everything's kind of like the purpose of absorbing and observing and all that stuff is to feed that creative art artistic side but at the end of the day it's creating reality you have to like play the character for keeps you have to you have to live and say the lines as if that's your that's real life that's what makes it interesting right so i don't know like i think that's why everyone gravitates towards it maybe not everybody thinks as deep and analytically about it but it's kind of like why people gravitate towards villains more than heroes right there are people who don't really like the good guy winning there are people that like art that shows a darker side and i don't think I that's don't... necessary sorry for cutting in i don't think it's necessarily the the um the thing with good villains is hollywood has shown that people actually do like when the good guys win because there's a lot there's been a lot of um examples of stories where the bad guy wins or the bad guy gets away with it that they don't test well which is why people right. change the ending right the departed the original source material uh-huh. Um, the Matt Damon character, the crooked cop, that was the mole for the mob. Mm-hmm. He gets away with it in the original version, but he gets murdered in the at the end of the the Scorsese version. Spoiler alert! Right, <laughs> <laughs> the movie's like ten years old. Yeah, um, I'm sure the statute of limitations is way. Sorry for spoiling. I get it. Departed. You're fine. <laughs> um, but I think what made the Dark Knight so like, let's use the Dark Knight as, as an example. What made that so compelling is that. A lot of, um, especially Marvel movies, they have this um, reputation for having one-note villains that are only there to serve as the big bad at the end that don't really have a lot of development within the story. They're just there to get their ass kicked at the end by the the good guys, right? right? And that's what made The Dark Knight so... Like, that's why people talk about Heath Ledger's Joker, you know? Because that was a character that had development, that had motivations, that had that you, that was a main character throughout the story, just as much as Batman was. He probably had the same amount of screen time as Batman in that story, and that's what made him so, so interesting. Like most villains in movies don't really get that kind of development. So when they do, you know, adding that nuance is kind of what's so special about that. And I think that's why. Oh, that's why having nuance is so important, right? Because it's really easy to paint someone in a broad brush. Like, this guy's bad. Look look how how he laughs and does tor- terrible things. But once you add nuance, once you start diving into why is he bad, mm-hmm. it kind of opens your eyes to, you know, not excusing the terrible things they do, but understanding what led to that. But see, that's what I'm saying. There is, And I, I agree with what you said, that the vast majority of people do not want the villain to prevail, right? Like in screen tests and whatever. But there's something, maybe not even like is not the right word, but there's something very intriguing. And like you walk out thinking about that, right? <laughs> you kind of, you it, it feeds a deeper uh, 
questioning and then, you know, you're discussing it amongst your friends, you're thinking about yourself. And that's why I think there's appeal in like that, the dark, like. <laughs> well, correct me if I'm wrong. There's also this, I feel like you have more fun. Like actors love playing, and I'm not speaking for actors. I'm not an actress. So I wouldn't know. But it always seems like when someone's playing a really bad person, you know, like a fleshy bad guy. That they have so much fun with it, right? You see Christoph Waltz in um, *Inglorious Bastards*. You look at, you know, oh, it's so scary. <laughs> um, like, well, because there's something about of, yeah, there's of, something of, about playing something someone with like a unchained id, right? Just all id, no ego, no super ego, no like, no restraint, right? Because that's not real life. That's like <laughs> the life that we live. We have to always be, you know, we don't have to be, but we choose to be in order to, you know, maintain social good standing is to be considerate and to be kind and be polite and be respectful and all these things that, yeah, it's that world of make-believe. We're like, all right, well, what if I didn't have to give a shit? <laughs> what if I could say, do, react, get revenge, do whatever I wanted to do, which is probably something realistically that we've all thought of at one point or another. It's just like we're not going to act on it, right? Right. And I think that's where this is This is also the 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 – the occupational hazard, not occupational, well, it can be because Heath Ledger playing the Joker messed him up. You know, it was one of the characters that messed him up. But when actors get in that mode of getting so absorbed in, into well, was the deep he, was, dive of their character and the darkness, like, yeah, it can make you stop sleeping. It can make you stop functioning as a Was he a method actor? Really Do you know? Was he a method actor? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think he walked around being mm. the Joker. That's like very yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis. Well, I mean, he he also was had issues with like substance abuse. Like that's not the point. Anyways, um, no, yeah, but I'm saying like because I know um, it is a it is an occupational hazard. Like you have yeah. to. That's why people are scared. Like beyond the whole instability thing, and when's my next next paycheck gonna come? <laughs> but it is something real about being an being an actor or creative. Like you have to go places that other people don't. Yeah, you have to you know, be open to it. And then kind of sometimes people can get very obsessed with it um, because it can be, it can be very romantic and seductive in its own way. Right. For a lot of different reasons, you, you get to live a different life, which can also be really dangerous. So which, I don't know. Would you ever play a villain? I believe I have. I don't know. I did my first play when I was four or five. I was the mean one. And inside, it kind of hurt my my ego and my self esteem. I was like, "Why am I playing the mean girl?" But apparently, I played it really well. <laughs> so, okay, let's bring this to like a gender discussion then, because sometimes, like, I feel like hmm, there's there is a disconnect between like a female villain and like a guy villain, right? For like, sure. I'm trying to think of a female villain that's that was celebrated as like, oh, that was so badass. Like, I've the seen Devil like Prada. I mean, was that a villain though? Kind of. She's definitely yeah. not. Uh, like she is portrayed as a very cold, very vindictive, very heartless woman, right? Which is that's a woman villain, right? Someone who has is emotionless and who mm -hmm. has no empathy or sympathy or kindness or warmth right like right. i feel like that's the female villain but she does it so but you know that's what i think is so great about the devil wears prada that's why a lot of like guys and girls really love that movie is because it showed the humanity in her there were enough of these moments where you're like oh she is a living breathing human being with feelings you know they don't paint her in broad strokes they get that reveal that's which true. is so satisfying but what I was saying about like female villains and stuff, the reason why I really love the Devil Wars Prada is because it had nothing to do with like her sexuality. Like that's a common theme, at least, you know, as we're maturing in our storytelling and the way that we develop characters. With women, it's like using a lot of their their feminine wiles and their seductiveness and their ability to kind of like yeah, like seduce the whoever, whoever they're they're dealing with. Yeah, because that's to, where that's where your power is, right? Over us. Apparently. Yeah. It's not through a game of wits. It's through your lady parts. Oh, it's a game yeah. of wits in another way, trust me. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's how it's been. That's why I, I think, um, I don't know. I just remember I went to watch Devil Wars Prada with, 
it was half guys and half girls, and the guys loved it as much, if not more, as the, the women. And it was really, it was really funny to discuss that. That was like a very nice. I mean, I guess, deep down, point. I think guys just want a strong woman to, you know, control them. Probably, I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting. <laughs> Is this? Are we going to go into the dating relationship Am podcast I now? <laughs> But that's um, art imitating life. Here's the other thing. Sorry to like totally go off. But like that actually makes me think of the whole rom-com world, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't even know if those really exist anymore. Like there was that era of... Well, we talked about this in um, one of the flicks. past episodes. Yeah. Um, about just how rom-coms are different now. Like chick flicks are different. Um, and I think... <laughs> I don't know. I think... I kind of feel like that started with the Judd Apatow movies yes. where it kind of became chick flicks for dudes. Right. But women enjoy them as well. Those yeah. are some of my favorite movies. Um, but well, like 40 year old virgin is definitely not a chick flick, but it's still a great <laughs> movie. I think, um, I don't know, maybe, I mean, there, there are definitely a lot of problems with, um, the hate the heyday of chick flicks right where the only motivation for the main character was to get a dude and get married or if they were independent to find a dude to settle down with right that was kind of the message they were peddling um on the, the surface dude, right finding the dude. yeah and okay um i guess i want to like let's i'm gonna take this opportunity to bring it back to life imitating art but let's talk a little bit about the um, insidious nature of media right where is it really art imitating life or life imitating art or is it art affecting our perception of life, right? Because we talk about this a lot in terms of, especially in terms of Asian American media, representation and the stories that are out there and how it affects people growing up. And, mm-hmm. you know, that this is the big issue with, you know, why do we gender toys? Why do we give girls Barbies and guys Tonka trucks? Why do we emphasize girls stay clean while guys, boys can go out and play in the dirt you know, mm-hmm. like, why do we say, you know, has, you know, peddling, has marketing these chick flicks to girls affected their ability to, you know, or, or affected their perception of what dating is, what love is, what exactly you know, things like that, right? Um, oh, we could go on for days and just <laughs> even talk about Disney. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how that has, how that Princess has culture, shaped a whole generation. Like, still is shaping right? now. One of their most popular shows is Sophie the First, Sophia the First, and I only know this because I have nieces, and that's all Shut about. Up, you watch Prince- it. <laughs> <laughs> I watch it with them. Okay. Just so I can that's spend cute. time with them. But uh, yeah, I mean, princess culture is still very much alive, and a lot of pinks, a lot of purples. You know, but that's what they're <laughs> like altering that princess perception. I mean, we know that because we all watch Frozen, we all watch, you know, like Tangled, things like that. That was the beginning of this. Not maybe not the beginning. I mean, they were doing that with Mulan, with uh, Frog and the Prince, like just portraying stronger women who yeah. take a lot more charge and who are more, like they have more dimension to them than just like trying to find the guy. That was absolutely not Mulan's goal. That was like a byproduct of her just being a badass. She's like, okay, <laughs> hey Shang, what's up? Let's hang out. You're cute. I'm a girl. Like we got this. Um, but that, but you bring a Mulan, and like, that's like the only. Disney princess movie where they don't even have any semblance of a romantic, you know, there's like, you can tell he has a crush on her once he finds out he's a she, but yeah. nothing happens. I mean, this is going is to other Asian things. Thing? Now I'm getting all worked up. I was like, was that because <laughs> Asians don't get sexual? Is that what it is? Cause let me tell you, no, I don't know. I don't know. Just put it in. Well, there. here's my other thing too. Okay. Actually now we're going to the Asian world. This is my, I was actually thinking about this when, I don't know when you were talking that I thought about this. But anyway, um, I just like the reason why I don't gravitate towards Korean dramas as entertaining as they can be. Like I just kind of prefer a grittier storyline that does reflect reality and all of their really soap opera-esque. Oh, that's definitely affecting reality too. Did you hear about there's like this one girl in China who broke up with her boyfriend because he wouldn't bring her fried chicken and beer in the middle of the night right and she was like you don't love me like that guy loves her and that one show about aliens (laughs) you don't even care but that's (laughs) what i'm saying like it absolutely does set standards right like there are all these really grandiose gestures like the whole oh my god everybody who's asian knows the whole pathway of candles 
right? Like you're getting, <laughs> it's not even a proposal. It's like, will you go on a date with me? And it's like, you have to guide her down these can- this candlelit path that leads to this giant heart-shaped. Well, also you have to go for the aloof guy. Like ignore the guy who's totally would do anything for you. Go for the guy that's ignoring you because he needs that's to be abusive. saved. He needs to be, I can save him. That's passive aggressive and abusive <laughs> and controlling and manipulative because that's romantic. Exact like, oh my god, I could go on this for days. It's um, yeah, did you see to... um the skit that Jenny was in? Um I forgot what channel it was for, but it was all about underdeveloped female characters forming coming together and forming like an expendable super team. Very nice. I need to watch it. Yeah, it was like starring the manic pixie dream girl, the um the loud black friend, the um and then Jenny plays the Asian girl who's like non existent. <laughs> well okay see the thing is that i hear now you know everyone's like stop stop judging you know k-dramas again historically speaking i'm saying my reference point is the last time i watched it which was like 10 plus years ago because i stopped watching it because i was so sick of these like weak you know women who can't speak up who have no spine and i just had this like because it influenced how i went about love too you know, what I believed was was good and what was romantic and what was, you know, I just, I, I had this like chip on my shoulder about it. And then I just didn't care. And then it, it just doesn't become a thing. But I hear that nowadays they're, they're making an effort to portray a lot more strong women so that, you know, I'm sure Rira and everybody has like <laughs> told me adamantly that I should give another shot, which I'm totally down to do. But that's, I mean, I'm just saying like in a historical perspective, that's, that is the storytelling and that was, yeah, maybe chicken or egg, but maybe that's what was actually happening. But it is art imitating life and life imitating art. And I didn't agree with that, which is why I didn't want to see it. Yeah. I, I like, mean, I would never let my daughters watch it if I could help it. <laughs> I think to wrap this all up in a neat little bow, the solution is the same message we've been talking about since the beginning of the collabcast, which is, you know, life does imitate art because art is out there to give us a glimpse into the human condition, our creativity, like even looking at paintings or whatever. Like, whatever your art may be. And, you know, we talked about Impressionist um, a couple a couple months ago with um, Kristin and how it was they were kind of giving you a different perspective on life. Like instead of just showing you exactly like a realism, like this is an apple, they show you like, here's the shape of an apple, but you can interpret it as you can. And I think... As creators, knowing that life does imitate art, let's put out better art, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that's kind of the the bottom line here is like there is a responsibility because what you put out will affect people. Their perception right. on how life works, you know, how love works, how you're supposed to act in social situations, what, right. what funny is. What a woman's perspective is. I'm sorry, just one more thing. But like, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't tell you. It did really motivate me to to write and to like be more outspoken about it. But I did read some scripts, and God bless the people that were trying to do this again. And like, I'm not hating, but I just completely disagreed with it. I've read multiple scripts where it's just such a dude perspective of like how a woman would respond in any given situation. It was like a breakup scenario, and they're just painting this this girl that I ended up not playing because I just didn't want to. <laughs> but um, And I don't know if I would have been cast, but I probably wouldn't have been because I would not have given any yeah. sort of a good performance. <laughs> but it was just it was just such a – my like inaccurate representation of a woman. And I was like, is this how guys think? It's just like she is the consummate, irrational, emotional. It's like this is not – like this is part yeah. of how she would feel and not how she would say it. Like no woman would <laughs> would be this hysterical and like, I don't know I was just I mean, so annoyed. Yeah, that reminds me of the whole like manic pixie dreamer, which was you no know, lampoon on that skit with Jenny Yang. Guys, should check it out. I don't remember the name of it, but just type in under underwritten female characters in YouTube. You'll probably find it. But um, I've heard this multiple times from people who watch you know Five Hundred Days of Summer, and I still really like that movie. I think it's really cute. But if you really think about it, Jiggle's character is kind of a jerk. Yeah. Like he projects totally. all his, you know, all his feelings onto Zoe Deschanel's character. And then, like, if you really think about what's going on, he's really the one being unreasonable, right? Right. About everything. But, but everyone's like, oh, Zoe's a bitch. Yeah. That you sympathize <laughs> with 
the jerk. Well, because everybody yeah. knows what that feels like to have like put all your hopes and dreams in one person to kind of have it fall apart. So yeah. that way it makes sense. But then that's why I think there needs to be kind of a deeper discussion yeah. to see like, well, what really happened here? But then, and you know, I hope people yeah, think, it's yeah. about writing too. It's about understanding that the more nuance you put into characters, villains even, the more people can learn and more people can, you know, get out of the art. It's, or, yeah, good art is harder to, I don't even know if it's hard. Anyways, yeah. It's not, I mean, there's varying levels of, there's varying levels of dissection in any given scenario or get any given topic. So some people are not going to, you know, they'll kind, they'll, they'll paint a very broad picture because that's the extent to which they thought about it. Yeah. And there's, you know, that's just entertainment value, but it'll still teach you something. Yeah. That's why I think I value like, do sorry, one last plug, but one <laughs> of my favorite, I think my favorite uh, rom-com ever, and I still think that it's incredibly relevant today. And I think it's really enjoyable still is when Harry met Sally. The reason being is that the movie itself was written by a man and a woman. Like, it was not written by one person. It, it was written from a male perspective and female perspective. Mm-hmm. Granted, they don't represent all men and all women, but But even it's having those clever. is kind of a... It's, it's unique, in, especially in film, right? And I think part of that is what makes... Why TV is more diverse right now than film is. Because films usually have one, two writers. Maybe you have a bunch of writers... To edit each other but you don't have it's not a collaborative thing mm-hmm. so you're only seeing things from one perspective so you get a lot of dudes writing girls right right you get a lot of white writing colored you lose a lot of nuance in that and right you know because they just simply haven't lived it i i, yeah. I applaud there have been men who've written great female roles but like how much more easily would it come for a woman to write a woman's role because she's lived it yeah. right or even so, just giving it to a, a woman and say, is this how, like, am I am I on point here? Or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you guys do in the bathroom. <laughs> I know what women do in the bathroom. Like, it would just be a funnier scene. Say if the scene is getting ready in the morning. A guy would, like, just have her doing makeup for, like, 30 hours. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. they don't know. It'd just be funny. It wouldn't be as funny. But anyway, I digress again. Yep. But I hope people will check out when Harry met Sally because I still think that it's such a funny commentary on relationships and friendships and all the things in between. You know, that's one of the movies that's on my list that I need to see that I haven't seen yet either. I have. Some I think you'd really enjoy it. Too. It's very. It's very. It's a lot of dialogue, and mm-hmm. I think that it's funny, smart dialogue, and yeah, a yeah. lot of my guy friends that I kind of yelled at to watch <laughs> most I, I don't think I've had a bad review yet and so it's just one of those movies where I think people see and this, they they didn't watch it because they were like oh that's a chick flick like why would I watch that it's for girls and I, I disagreed and I said I think that it's really funny and that it's a very male female I don't and think again, I didn't watch it as a heterosexual <laughs> relationship between male and female I don't think I didn't watch it because it was a chick but I think I didn't I didn't watch it because I thought it was an old person movie I think that's what yeah, I that's think. too. That's too for sure. <laughs> and not everyone thinks like Billy Crystal as romantic lead. Yeah. Well, but not many people thought Jim Carrey neither. And like Internal Sunshine is one one of my favorite movies of all time. It's amazing. All you youngsters out there. Yeah. There's there is such a wide world of film and television <laughs> beyond Game of Thrones. Well. That'll do it for this episode of the Collabcast. Talk for days about this. Thank you for the True. question, Lauren. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to send us a question, a topic, some feedback for us to discuss on the Collabcast, you can email us at podcast at collaboration.org. As you just heard, we do read it and we do appreciate it. Thanks, Lauren. So to wrap things up, well, before we go, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already to get all the latest episodes. We do release every week, 75 in a row without stopping. And we, yes. don't, we don't intend to stop any, anytime soon. Yes, everybody, please subscribe. I, I've this is a new, new frontier for me to ask for things to <laughs> say. Hey, we're worth listening to, and I think that we'd love to get more input. Again, this has become such a like symbiotic relationship with our re- listeners, and I love it. So yeah, um, definitely want to see where it can go. So please subscribe and share us with your friends. Yeah, you can find us on all smartphones now. Um, on the iTunes app, the Google Play Music app, also Stitcher, TuneIn, 
and also on our RSS feed if you want to use your own podcatcher to listen to us. Um, you can also stream us online at um, either on our Facebook page, on our Twitter account, or on collaboration.org. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please leave us a review and rating. Uh, we always love to hear from our fans, and it's good validation for us too. It makes me feel good, like I'm doing something right. Me as well. <laughs> Um, thanks again to Inch Chua for use of song Mouse Deer uh, for our intro and outro this week. Um, and yeah, that'll do it. Thanks again for listening to the Collabcast. Uh, we'll see you next week. We got some great guests coming up, so tune in. Bye. Bye. A delicate My naked soul, you babe.